expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Learning Chinese can be hard, really hard for many of us, but there's ways to make it easier. So says Ula Linga, the author of the popular blog Hacking Chinese. I sat down with him to see what advice he has for struggling language learners. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. The title of your website is Hacking Chinese, and I think that probably most people are familiar with this idea of life hacking or, or hacking something to make it easier. You know, if you if you in life hacking, we're we're trying to find ways to make our life a little bit easier, some tips or tricks to make our life easier. But what do you mean when you say hacking Chinese? How can you hack a language? Well, I think hacking is means to use a skilled method to understand something in order to overcome it. So in this case, since it's language hacking, it's about looking at the process of language learning and looking at the language in question, Chinese in this case, and trying to see how this can help us to learn the language more easily or more efficiently. In general, of course, I, I think the outcome of any endeavor to try to learn anything or accomplish anything is a matter of two factors. So, how much time do you spend, and how efficient is that time? Obviously, if you spend more time, you're going to learn more. However, if you use a method that is more targeted at what you're trying to do or which is more suitable, you are also going to get more out of the time you invest. So there's no substitute for thousands and thousands of hours, but you can use those hours in a smarter way. Yes, regardless of how good your method is, you always need time. And uh, the strategies that you discuss on your website are not necessarily just for Chinese.、Uh, a lot of them could be applied to any language. Yeah, the only language I've learned as an adult is Chinese, and so therefore I use Chinese as an example. However, I do think that everything related to learning, attitude, time management, and so on—the broader things—are all applicable to any language. Another thing that you point out in your website is that in the classroom environment, teachers will tell you what to learn, but not necessarily how to learn. Why is that a problem? It is a problem because when we approach something new, like、uh, learning Chinese characters, for instance,、uh, most students just pick whatever method they stumble upon first. Most people are not prepared to look at the process itself and see how do I do this, why do I do it like that, and is that really the best way of doing it. I would say vocabulary learning is perhaps the the best example.、Uh, so the teacher will say on first day of class, here you have fifty、uh, characters and you're supposed to know them by Friday. And then people go home and they they use all kinds of methods. Like the basic one I used in high school for my French was to cover one column and then check, like use my hand to just cover it up and then compare the columns until I know, knew them. Now that that kind of method works okay if your goal is to pass the test. It doesn't work at all if the goal is to learn those words permanently. The problem you will run into is that you will have thousands and thousands and thousands of words, and there is no way you can review them all.、Uh, and this is when I started experimenting with、uh, vocabulary learning. So you kind of developed a better way to review these words. Yes,、uh, the best thing to do would be to wait for as long as possible. But not so long that we forget the word in question, because if we, if we forget the word, we've sort of wasted the effort. We should review the word just before we forget it. That's the most time-efficient way of doing it. So that's probably one of the things where I think that my method has changed the most from doing this primitive just for the test thing to this very very long term, like planning to learn a word forever. Obviously, after a while, I I realized that I'm actually reinventing the wheel. Like people have done this. 
actually for quite a long time. And this is called uh, spaced repetition, or if it's a program, it's called spaced repetition software. So part of hacking a language is finding the, the patterns of the language, finding the logic. And in Chinese, that logic, in a lot of ways, it's more obvious than in other languages. You have individual characters with individual meanings, and inside those characters you have radicals, and those have their own meanings and their own sounds. Maybe what's less obvious is how can somebody use all that to make their Chinese learning more efficient and maybe less painful? I think this question is related to the fact that learning something which is meaningful is easier than learning something which isn't. So, in essence, learning something is about connecting something new to something we already know. Now, connecting something which is meaningless is very hard because it's, you, don't, you can't really associate it to anything. One good example would be the way Chinese characters are formed, uh, most of them, is that they combine one part representing the sound of the character and one part representing the meaning. And if you pay attention to patterns like this, you will suddenly find that some things that looked very, very hard suddenly become fairly easy. Uh, so I'm going to give you an example of that. Uh, if we have... There are, lo there, there are lots of characters which has a part... Well, it's the right part of hen, like in hen hao de hen. Sometimes it has a dot on top of it, sometimes it doesn't. So in hen, for instance, it doesn't have a dot. If you add the dot, it becomes liang. Good. And yeah, liang good, liang hao. And rather than just memorizing this dot, because a single dot is just, just a mark on a paper, it doesn't mean anything, right? So if you look at all the characters that has liang in it with the dot, you will find that 95% of them are pronounced either liang or niang or something very similar to that. However, all the parts that doesn't have the dot, they are either pronounced with an in sound or un, like in yin hang de in, or gun, like gun sui de gun, and so on. And if you notice this, you don't need to care about should there be a dot in this character, I don't remember. If it's pronounced something with yang in it, add the dot. If there isn't a yang sound, don't add the dot. And as I said earlier, uh, learning is about connecting something new to something you already know. So that's why it's so important to make this dot meaningful. So your website can be applied to lots of different languages, but you are talking about Chinese. So in your experience, what is different about the process of learning Chinese as compared to some other language, maybe a language that is closer to the family of languages that we find in Europe? Yeah, I think the closeness or the linguistic closeness of the languages is what makes the biggest difference. So when I learn English or French or German, I can use my knowledge of Swedish and I can often I can extrapolate from what I already know, already know and guess what something means in in, uh, in European languages. That's very hard to do in the beginning in Chinese because there are of course loan words and so on, but they are very few. So we need to construct the basic um, framework of the language needs to be established from scratch almost. And that is quite difficult. Now, there are no quick fixes to this, obviously. But even if, if uh, learning Chinese might sound or look like a very daunting task, it's still this thousand-mile journey and taking one step at a time, focusing on what you're doing now, on what's immediately in front of you, you will be able to, to establish that framework and you will therefore be able to slowly get into a situation where you can more absorb or acquire Chinese rather than just study it. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that through focusing on the next step and just gradually building up, you will slowly get to this level where you don't really need to focus that much on textbooks and you don't need to 
I mean, necessarily need to go to class and so on. So you can't learn everything in Chinese just from a textbook, but you also can't learn everything from using it in your day-to-day life. There, there needs to be a balance. Everybody needs to find a balance between those two things. Is that right? Yes, I think that's a good way of putting it. Some things, if you just expose yourself to Chinese, will be very hard because you don't have this framework, like, like I said. And similarly, in class, if uh, you only focus on that, you will not get the practice you need. You will not get the exposure to normal Chinese, so you will miss out on a lot. So that's a, that's a very good way of putting it, I think. So you've been studying in Taiwan for quite a while now. In your experience, has Taiwan been a good learning environment for your Chinese studies? Yes, I think it's been a, a good place to study from the beginner level and up to my current master's uh, studies. The reason is mostly that I, I think it's very easy to integrate with people, and people here are very supportive and helpful. Also, most people here speak good Mandarin, which makes it a lot easier. Uh, obviously, we have Taiwanese, but you can still get around pretty much only using Mandarin in Taiwan. And that's not necessarily true everywhere in China. No, it isn't. All right, well, I can't let you go without getting a few examples of some good, solid Chinese tips and tricks and hacks. Can you give us some examples of some things that people could do today to improve their language learning? Yeah, sure. So the first thing is find a radio station. I use Radio Taiwan International. It's a good one. And set it on auto start on your computer. Get it to start every time you start your computer. That way you have to actually decide not to learn Chinese rather than deciding to learn Chinese. And that's, uh, that's a much better decision. Uh, so second, I think that everybody should try to look at their interests and their hobbies and use those to motivate yourself to learn Chinese. Mm. Find blogs about these. Watch uh, YouTube uh, clips about your, your favorite sport or uh, discuss this with your friends. It doesn't really matter. Just try to make Chinese interesting apart from just the Chinese part of it, so to speak. Uh, number three would be to use some kind of spaced repetition software if you haven't. I recommend using Anki. It's free and it's quite easy to use and it's very versatile. So this is software that, almost like flashcards, but it keeps track of how long it's been since the last time you quizzed yourself on a word. So if a word is really easy, it'll quiz you less. And if it's really hard, it'll quiz you more. So you make sure you get enough review for those difficult words. Yes, and it has the additional benefit of being portable. Like, you can't carry a shoebox with flashcards around, but you can carry your phone around. So, number four would be, again, related to this portability. Spread your learning throughout the day. Write post-it notes. I used to write lots of characters on my hands so I could look at them whenever I wanted. I had a period when I wrote, like, classical Chinese in my shower cabin. <laughs> so, I used to write, write a word verse, and the next day I wrote it next to it. I, so, first I... I didn't look, so I wrote it next to it and then wiped away the previous one and then wrote the next line. So I kept, I, I went through like that. Uh, anyway, anything So that's you can practice anywhere, even in the shower. Yes. That's a bit an extreme example, and that was the whole point of doing it. <laughs> uh, you can learn anywhere. Last one, use pop-up dictionaries. Uh, basically, you load any electronic text, and you can just tap the screen to get a pop-up definition of any word. Now, I use this now a lot when I read novels, for instance. I try to find an ebook. So if I encounter a word I don't know, I just click once and I can see immediately what it means and just keep reading. And this is the important thing. I keep reading. I don't care so much about this word. And it's important because it means that you can consume Chinese content without drowning. Because you can simply skip the things that are too hard and still get sort of the gist of what they're saying. 
All right. All very good advice. Well,、uh, thank you so much for speaking with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the interview. You can find more language learning advice at hackingchinese dot com. Thanks for tuning into Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi.